Hi everybody, you did one of my mastery podcast and notes. Teach you how to make money while traveling in the world. And here's your co-host, Ricky Shelley. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to our lovely co-hosts, Rihanna and Ryan. Uh, you know, they're learning all about podcasting and video casting and interviewing people and they love joining some of the podcasts. So, you know, make sure you stay tuned for them. And we're actually traveling around South America currently. We're actually in Punta del Este, Uruguay. We just uh, uh, spent the last uh, 10 days here in Uruguay. We're actually heading to Mexico next. So if you want to follow along on a journey through South, South America, Central America, and beyond, uh, make sure you check it out at daddyblogger.com. And as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow world travelers, fellow digital nomads, fellow entrepreneurs. And uh, this, this uh, interview is quite unique because we have the founder of the do-it-yourself escape rooms and as we're traveling we actually see escape rooms all over the place and it's such a big boom nowadays and um, back in my hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada, I was actually doing a lot of reviews on my blog of escape rooms and I, and I actually ended up doing about 20 plus I would say about 90% of the escape rooms in my hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada, I've done. And you can check out that blog post where I compared all the different escape rooms on daddyblogger.com. So on today's episode, we actually had the founder of uh, Lock, Paper, Scissors, Elliot, and he's actually joining us live from Melbourne, Australia. So I'm over here in Uruguay, South America, and through the miracle of technology, we're, te te we're tuning in, uh, we're interviewing Elliot who's over there in Melbourne, Australia. So how's it over there in Melbourne today, Elliot? Rick, life is amazing. The sun is finally out, which is quite rare in Melbourne. And it's beautiful. I'm loving it. It's funny you made the joke about the sun because I'm actually from Vancouver, Canada, and we don't see much sun. So I'm super grateful to be here in South America, Uruguay. It's actually beautiful blue skies. Most of the time we've been here. And uh, in, in most of the Southern Hemisphere, it is summer now, and opposed to you know, the North American winter. So you know, I can definitely relate to your struggles over there. I know in Melbourne they say uh, it's four seasons in one day. Look. The Canadian equivalent seems to be you have uh, four seasons: uh, winter, 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 and roadworks. So I think, I think you still still win that one though. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I actually ended up spending three years in Australia. So I'm a big advocate of travel to Australia. Very beautiful continent slash country. I've been to actually every state and territory: ACT and uh, Tasmania, and New South Wales, and uh, uh, Western Australia, and uh, you know, like the. Ayers Rock, uh, amazing time in Australia. So I definitely a big advocate of people going over there to Australia. Even though people think it's too far or remote, but it's so worth it. Very beautiful. Oh, so it's, it's worth it. I love Australia. Like the people are really friendly. The beers are very expensive, but they're a good variety of beers. And the sun's generally out, just not in Melbourne. So Elliot, uh, to start off with, uh, you know, we're going to get into escape rooms and doing a deeper dive into that, but we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. So if you want to share a little bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah, beautiful. So I originally started as a like, Xbox and computer games programmer and moved from that into project management. And then I realized I'm a really bad employee. So I decided that I'd start my own business and that just Failed miserably. I was so bad at it. Anyway, so when I ran out of money, I had to close the business down and get a job. So then I'd be project manager for six to 12 months again, and then I'd fail another business. And I kept doing this and kept doing this. And each time, learned a little bit. And each time, I guess, worked out what worked for me. And what I realized worked for me was like, I'm a very bad employee. And I don't want to sit in the store and sell things. I don't like doing time for money stuff. 
And so each, eventually I came to where I am now where I, I, I can sell digital kits. And for me, that's, that's perfect. I love it. And uh, you know, a lot, lot of us who are digital nomads have definitely uh, made the leap from a traditional job to an entrepreneurial uh, type of uh, business. Uh, not all. I mean, there are a lot of digital nomads who are actually working for a corporation, but they're working remotely. And that's a good model for people who want to make money with nice. This is a company, but they're working from anywhere, and the company's paying them a salary and they're working those hours. So it's, uh, yeah, a different model. So that's curious. Good. Uh, about your whole business background, what are all the diff different types of businesses or industries you've uh, been in so far? Yeah, sure. So because I'm in IT as a training background, I did like a website, digital agency, social media platform, and and that one really failed. And then so I moved into iPhone repairs, and that one, it kind of went okay, but, you know, I had to be there every day, client-facing, and that just didn't work for me. So then I started the whole online route and I tried uh, just blogging with ads and that made me about $42.50 a month, which wasn't quite cash flow positive. Uh, so then I realized ads was a bad way to go. Uh, and I tried a few different blogs and industries that were just way too competitive and you just can't compete with BuzzFeed basically. So then... I kind of was like, oh, look, I really enjoy escape rooms. They're fun. I've always loved puzzles. It's a new industry. It's a small industry back then. And I figured, look, it's not as competitive. So I thought, right, give it a go. And, and here we are. Awesome. So we're going to go deeper into your own business and your own company, but I'd like to cover the whole escape room trend or phenomenon yeah. as a whole first, uh, because it's definitely booming. Uh, you know, in our mm. travels, we see them all over the place. Like uh, we've been doing, uh, uh, we did Asia, the Middle East, and Africa, and now South and uh, Central America. And we see them everywhere. And I'm from North America, yeah. you're from Australia. So we pretty much covered all those continents already. Everywhere. So I don't know if there are any escape rooms in Antarctica, but pretty much all the other continents, they are. That is Antarctica. Can you get out? <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about the origin. Uh, when did this big uh, boom start, and why do you feel it's really expanded the way it has? Okay. So there is strong debate as to where they started. The view that I see is the correct view is they started in Hungary because there's lots of old school cellars and like buildings and rundown places. So if you need a escape from the dungeon type thing, you just hire an old dungeon and then you don't even bother painting the walls, just chuck people in there. So I feel that's kind of the truth. But, you know, depending on who you ask, there'll be disagreements because they're, they're kind of a mix of a lot of different interests. There's puzzle adventures, there's computer gaming, there's scavenger hunts, there's amazing race, there's live adventures in Japan. And kind of about the same time, the world, everyone kind of realised that we can combine with the Mercy Theatre, just love it. So that was about five-ish, six years ago, and since then, the bus caught on. So uh, why do you feel it is booming, or why do you feel it's grown at the astonishing rate that it has? And tell us a little bit why, what's your theory of why it's grown so quick? When I go to like bowling alleys and laser tag places and arcades and stuff, they kind of feel like they were made in the 90s because they were made in the 90s and really replaced that kind of activity. But 
humans want to go out with their friends and hang out. And escape rooms are kind of the perfect way to do that because you're chatting, you're arguing, you're fighting, you have that victory, yeah, get dressed afterwards. So it's kind of like one of the best experiences for people to just hang out with their friends. I think that's why it's working because people love theatre. They love friends. They love chatting. We love arguments. Uh, and it kind of merges them all together to one. It's great. Yeah, definitely that social element is great, the, uh, building the, uh, the teamwork, getting to know the strengths of all of your friends. Obviously, you can do it as a, a, a kind of a working, uh, you know, a team building activity as well. Um, why don't we uh, share with our viewers and listeners what is an escape room? Because I've done about 20 of them myself, and you've obviously done a lot, but a lot of our viewers and listeners might have heard of it, but they don't really know what is it and how it works. So why don't we start there and uh, share a little bit more yeah, about sure. What is so the yeah. shortest version is it's if you've ever seen the movie Saw, it's kind of like that with a bit less limbs being cut off. So it's 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 Friday night, you've got the babysitter locked down and you and five friends get locked into a cellar or into Alice in Wonderland's world or in a spaceship, but there'll be some really amazing theme. Kind of like a nice theatre show or something like that. So now you're locked in this room, you have to get out, but the door's locked. There's a padlock on the door, there's a giant lever, there's a sword in the stone you can't pull out. There's some kind of challenge you have to solve, like the spaceship's running out of air kind of thing. So then you have to go around the room, you have to find objects, connect logical ideas, solve ciphers, find puzzles. There'll be some challenge like standing on your foot, trying to reach something you can't reach and... Uh, when you do all this together as a team full of people, with a few arguments, of course, uh, eventually you'll like get the code or the sword will come out of the stone or the, the smoke machine will stop and the ship will land nicely. Uh, and then you get out and go get some beers. So that's an escape room. That's an escape room. <laughs> Great way of uh, defining it. It's just like the movie Saw, but without uh, you know all those limbs being cut off. And there's such a diversity yeah. in the escape room. There's the kid-friendly yes, yes. ones you mentioned, like Alice in Wonderland, and then there's the super gory ones where there's blood and uh, you know body parts and all that. Not real ones, obviously, but fake ones uh, and fake blood. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly so Singapore. Singapore has this fetish with like horror and gore, and like most escape rooms, there are just like the movie Saw with blood everywhere. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but you know, it's their thing. And then that's what I love about it is if you travel, you'll see different things everywhere you go and different styles. And like if you go to Russia, there's like no OH&S. So like the rooms just spin around in circles and they're like in a room and stuff. So yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of diversity too in terms of like uh, how the props are and the number of rooms and the, the themes, obviously. And even there's live actors. Sometimes I absolutely love the escape rooms with the live actors or rest up, and it's a really immersive experience. So I'd love to hear about how did you personally get into it? Did you have a friend dragging you into it? Did you watch it on TV? Yeah, yeah, sure. So look, as a kid, I always loved those puzzle computer games like Monkey Island, like Discworld, that kind of stuff. You know, I was a bit of a nerd, to be honest. So uh, I love puzzles. And so then I, I kind of heard of escape rooms and I'm like, whoa, that sounds amazing. So then I, um, I just, I guess, fell in love with the story because, like, just what I was, I was, I was into, I guess. Um, and then I wanted to make one as a date night for someone because I think, you know, that's a good way to interact, you know, make them feel valued. Uh, and then so I made, it was really bad. I made, like, this, like at home escape room in my house 
And it was a lot of fun to make. It was really crap, but it was a lot of fun to make. That sounds fun. You're turning your house into an escape room because you typically think when you think of escape rooms, you're going to a room and you're, you're, you're yeah. paying money and you're doing the thing and then it's over. But uh, it's cool. And obviously, we're going to talk about the do it yourself aspect. But what would you say are you know some of your favorite uh, themes or escape rooms or what are the stuff you, you, you like in terms of all the rooms you've done so far? Yeah, sure. So I'm like an art house theater kind of guy. I love any experience that makes me feel different. Even if it makes me feel sad and depressed, it kind of makes it moozy, you know. So the best one I did is actually in Melbourne here, and the guy who makes it, I met him, he's really creative. So we get locked in this room, we're in a spaceship, and the spaceship has these issues where the research scientists groups, and it's dark, we can barely see. And then the room just starts filling with smoke. And like... You know, that's a smoke machine, no worries. But then the room really starts filling with smoke. And then we're like, um, and there's this like flashing red light and the room's still filling with smoke. And we're like, um, I think we must need to do something to get rid of the smoke. And no one told us this. It's just like, the room's filling with smoke. I can't breathe. And the light's flashing and it's dark and it's dingy and there's way too many of us packed into this room and I'm feeling hurt and there's these noises and these weird like alien kind of stuff and weird biological parts everywhere and I just felt weird. Anyway, we found a vent on the wall and had to like solve this puzzle and move pipes around and we're kind of like hurrying, hurrying, hurrying because the room's filling with smoke. And um, I love that when people kind of, Break a few of the OHS rules, but make you feel like you're really there. That's that that's gold. That definitely sounds amazing. I've done uh, you know, like I said, about twenty of them, and I haven't had that. One of my favorites was uh, the Mission Impossible theme, where we and I love the ones with having you have a storyline. So the the people at the front, they'll actually tell you a little bit about what the setup is, and then. Uh, we are pretty much like uh, immersed in this uh, into this Tom Cruise Mission Impossible theme, and we're going around looking for the diamonds. And then there was this laser room where you have to actually go through the lasers, and uh, it was uh, incredible. And there, there was some moving rooms too, so it was very very cool. So love it. Yeah, anything which uh, there's two things. You either want to be really immersed or feel like you're part of a a story you love, like Mission Impossible or Lord of the Rings. If you can do that, that's always for me. Oh, I mean, you've taken your love for escape rooms to a whole nother level. Level, <laughs> you know, some people yes. they just do it. Oh, it's great, and then they try a few, and then okay, that's done. But you've actually taken it to a whole nother level by actually creating mm. your own. So do it yourself, escape rooms, and uh, the company's called Lock. Tell us a little bit about the origin there. When did you come up with the idea? of actually uh, launching your escape room business. Yeah, sure. It was about, uh, I think it was about three years ago now, on one of the previous blogs I had, I was uh, blogging about date ideas. And I'd done one for my partner. And so I'm like, you know, I could probably put a bit more work into this and put it on my blog as a purchasable kind of kit, right? So I did that. And because escape rooms were really new, there wasn't much interest in them. And, but it actually started to sell and I was like, okay, this is a thing. Uh, I just thought at the time it was a thing which nerdy guys like me were into. But then it turned out like all these mums were buying it for their kids' parties and like mates would do it on a Friday night and I'd get emails about team building days. And so I'm like, 
you know, that's actually going pretty well. And although that blog was hard to monetize because, you know, date ideas is a bad niche for making money. Uh, I decided, look, that, that's kind of working. So I tried making a whole new blog uh, just around this idea. So a few like how-to guides, uh, put my game up there, and it just started to kind of grow from there. Awesome. So uh, when did you formally launch it then? I know you, you said you started as a blog, but then now you've launched it as a business, the lock, paper, scissors. Uh, How did you come up with yeah, that? Yeah. that business? Oh, I used to have a really crap name, but I changed it because um, it was a really crap name. Uh, so <laughs> I look, about 18 to 19 months ago, I was just finishing off um, a project management contract. And, you know, it was in the wind down phase. It was pretty chilled out. So, you know, after hours on weekends, just typing away, adding stuff to it. Uh, then I had a long gap. I just couldn't find a new contract for about four months. So I was just doing it full time as I was applying for jobs. And then I had, there was one day where I was offered this amazing job, but the business was kind of going pretty well. So I was like, oh, but kind of like you, I, I want the freedom. I like the lifestyle. So I chose the stick with the business. And so that was, that was last um, September, as in last year. And since then, I've, I've just loved it. Like, I'm so glad I didn't take the job. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Lock, Paper, Scissors, and how does it work with the, uh, yourself as escape rooms? Uh, tell us about if people are interested. How, how, how can they actually? Yeah, uh, yeah sure. No. So uh, most people who get them have been to an escape room, really enjoyed it, and they walk out and go, you know, I'd love to design one of those. But then they'll start to design one and go, whoa, this is just so much work. Uh, so like, I've got guides on my website on how to do it and lots of puzzle ideas. And you can, you can just go through and piece it together. And some people do do that, and I've seen some amazing ones. Uh, but the, I try to help people kind of fast track that way. They can just choose a theme and download the ready-to-play kit. So it's in like a PowerPoint format. So if they want to change it, they can. Uh, for example, if you have like a kid's party coming up and you can just, you can download the Lost Mummy game kit and add your kid's name to it and add a few in-jokes and references and like customize it a bit. And that way people can kind of have that experience of being the designer themselves without spending 40 hours doing all of the little bits. Uh, and, and that's pretty common. So people then like make a few changes, print the kit out for the for a kid's party or a team building day. And they tend to really like it because they have that ownership feeling over it where they actually designed it. And they're, they're kind of telling part of the story and it's usually popular because of that. Sounds awesome, especially that whole customization angle, if you can put uh, the kids' names on it, uh, you know, they mm. obviously love that. So I'd love to cover both the whole do it yourself. So, if someone's interested, who's watching right now, and maybe they don't want to purchase it, just doing it themselves, and then we'll yeah. cover the obviously the facilitated way and where they can download it and make yeah, it much yeah, easier yeah, yeah. for them. So, if they didn't want to purchase it, if they just gung ho, they've gone to the escape room. They're like, oh man, that yeah. was amazing. I want to create my own escape room. Not not in the sense like they want to actually purchase, you know, lease a property and then you know obviously create as a business. Maybe true. they just want more yeah. in the park or in the forest or in the beach, right? Yeah. How could they do it themselves? Yeah, totally. So 
you have to find something you love as a theme. So let's go with Alice in Wonderland, right? Imagine it's a kid's party and you will have 12 kids coming around next Saturday for a kid's party. Uh, Alice in Wonderland is great because you can find props easily. So <clears throat> uh, definitely choose a theme you love and probably choose a theme that exists already because if you try and make up a weird avatar world, you just can't get props for it. But Alice in Wonderland, you can go to like a cheap shop, um, uh, junk shop, Amazon, and find stuff which really looks amazing really easily. So choose a theme which you can kind of get stuff for. That, that's the easy, biggest one. And then just like make it much smaller than you think. Like when I started, I had this like six chapter storyline and all this stuff happening and it's, it's just too much work. So uh, what I recommend is something really simple like your, rather than try and tell the entire Alice in Wonderland narrative, uh, maybe in your backyard, put some like pickets around and make a maze and the whole game is just trying to get out of the maze. And so there's a few things like that. So definitely choose a theme you love. Uh, make it much smaller and uh, then kind of assume that people will like suspend disbelief a bit because if it's in the backyard even if it's not kids adults are happy to go oh this is ricky's escape room i'm not expecting it to be like a professional show i'm just here for my mates and a few drinks you know so lower the scope don't try and make a professional one get a few nice props and, and people will love it so that's kind of the, the context. And then to fill it out, uh, if you just Google uh, escape room puzzle ideas, there's like four or five top few picks in Google just have these massive long lists. Uh, so grab a few of your favorites, put them into the room, and see how you go. Awesome. Great tips there, Elliot. Uh, you know, definitely uh, it's uh, easier if you choose a pre-existing theme, especially if you have other people coming there, they'll be able to relate to it and you can get all the yes. props and all. And uh, definitely Google's, Google's uh, the king of uh, finding great ideas. So great suggestions. And, uh, um, you know, obviously with the, your company, Lock, Paper, Scissors, you offer a whole bunch of different templates and uh, different uh, themes and puzzles. So walk us through what are all the different themes and options you offer uh, your potential customers and clients? Yeah, yeah, sure. So one of the biggest groups for the make-it-yourself kind of ones uh, is actually parents because, uh, you know, kids' parties, you have to have the coolest kids' party of the year, right? So uh, it makes quite a good kids' party. So I, I feel like um, a lost mummy kind of one, which is easy to theme because, like, uh, one couple sent in some pictures of, like, the husband was in like his Egyptian garb and like a headscarf and like they had sand and like rocks everywhere and uh, it was just easy to theme. So they got this Egyptian themed kit and they went to town. They they like themed the whole house up for it and that was a lot of fun. Uh, just just seeing them come back with that. Uh, and then I, I tend to break one out by age because a twelve year old just can't solve an adult's escape room. Just can't be done, right? Um, so then I've got a few more kits for like one for teenagers and one for adults, which is like really hard and that kind of stuff. So for me, it's more about uh, what people would actually be using it for and then just making one fit that context. But the one, I, the one, one I'm really keen to make... Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, go on, Elliot, go on. Oh, the one I'd, 
I'm really intrigued to make is one which is kind of like for adults and kids. So it's got some like harder puzzles for the adults to keep them interested, but some more like fun tasks and cutting and pasting and stuff for the kids to do. Because a lot of a lot of parents want something to do with their kids on like the weekend. And it might just be their son and two of his friends kind of thing. And if they can do it together as a group, that's more fun. So I'm kind of keen to see if I can make one of those, I guess. Great. So Elliot, uh, what are all of the different kits? I know I had a chance to look at your site and you have several different options. So walk us through some of the most popular ones. Love it. Look, I love zombies. So I had to start with the zombies game because, because zombies, uh, you either love zombies or hate zombies. If you hate zombies, sorry. But if you love zombies, love of zombies. Uh, so, but it's kind of fun. So the zombies are like trying to break into your apartment and steal your pizza. And like all good humans, you got to save the damn pizza, right? So it's about get the pizza out, find the base jump kit and base jump out of the apartment before they eat your pizza. So it's pretty humorous. Uh, so it's not very gory. Sorry. Uh, and then there's one which is more like the teenagers where you're like a group of like heist party rebels who are like trying to take down this malevolent government. So it's, it, it, okay, as adults it's very overdone. But, you know, as teenagers, when you're 16, 17, it's kind of fun and like spy stuff and you're like hacking stuff and shooting things. And um, it, it's very much designed for that teenage experience of like conquer the world. Um, and then I've got a kit for like six to seven year olds, which is kind of more uh, more of a scavenger hunt kind of thing, because trying to make a puzzle for a six year old that they can enjoy is kind of hard. So it's more a bit of a story where the adult gets to role play a little bit, and then like they're hunting and finding things around the house. So sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, definitely looking forward to trying them out ourselves. Uh, we've done a lot of kids' parties. We have three kids, uh, so we've obviously done a lot so far. Usually it's been like the princess parties. We've done uh, a Dora the Explorer party. We've done a Frozen party for our sons. We've done uh, superhero parties. Uh, definitely a win. But uh, now, now that we're talking about the subject, definitely looking forward to doing a escape room adventure party with our kids. So stay tuned for that one, guys. Ricky, so, so, question for you then. Yeah. Something I noticed the other day, which I'm, I'm not sure why, but I looked up how many people are searching for escape room for boys and escape room for girls. And there's worldwide, like almost no one is looking for escape room for boys. But every month, like 12,000 people Google escape room for girls. Why do you think that, that is? I don't know. That is that is a shocking statistic. I, uh, maybe it's because boys are kind of like more stubborn and they've already chosen what they want, whereas girls are a little bit more open and they're like, okay, we're willing to try something new. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just a theory. But that, that's a, a good question, Elliot. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. Neither. Because um, it's like for the boys, it's like 250 versus 12,000. So I'm, I don't know. I don't have any, any kids. So I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't know. I'm going to do more research into that one. And if anyone who's watching has some kind of insights into why that could be, definitely let us know. Leave us a comment. So I love it. what is the rough price point for these escape rooms, Elliot? Uh, what's the lowest to highest or kind of the average uh, you'd be expecting yeah. to pay? I just do them all for the same price. So it's $20 US. And then you can print it out as many times as you like, basically. So 
along with that, I'm like, look, if you've got a friend and you want to give them the kit as well, that's fine. Like, it's a party, right? So, um, a common one might be like a team building day where someone is has like a hundred staff members. They can buy the kit once and then just print it out ten times, so that everyone can play at the same time and race for the win and that kind of stuff. So. Um, I try to make it kind of fair so that you can use it a lot and they come with like posters and party invites and that kind of stuff So the idea is that if you're like me and really lazy, you just buy the kit and hit print and you're done Or if you want to like if you're like super dad and you're like customizing everything and adding stuff to it You can do that as well Well, there's definitely a bargain $20 is a no-brainer for parents because uh most kids' parties actually cost a lot more than you think they do. You know, it can definitely, uh, you know, rack up a couple hundred, uh, you know, a couple hundred for a kids' party. Uh, if you include all the food and then you got to mm. get the pinata, the cake, the candles, the presents, little party favors. Uh, so you're looking at a few hundred uh, for, for most party parties. Obviously, you can, uh, you know, do it all uh, cooking at home or do it buffet, uh, you know, potluck style where you get uh, friends and family to chip in. Yes, but yeah, yes, yes. So $20 is definitely a great deal there, Elliot. Love it. Cheers. Look, that was kind of my goal as well because we, we grew up in a pretty poor family. So we, we couldn't afford like just to take all the kids to like laser tag and stuff. So I, I like the idea that um, a lot of people who send in photos, they're not like super wealthy parents. They're just like a mum who's like loves their kids heaps and they have these massive parties and they can really enjoy it. And it didn't cost them a lot. I, I kind of like that. So uh, curious to know, uh, what is the vision for your business going forward? Uh, obviously, you've been doing it for uh, almost a couple of years now and uh, quite successful uh, with uh, people from around the world getting the kits. A sneak peek, uh, what's uh, to come? Yeah, for? yeah, yeah. So Escape Rooms just seem to be doing this. I thought they might peter off, but no, it seems everyone loves Escape Rooms. So uh, I, I recently opened it up to get designs from other people around the world and uh, I published one kit from another person and just working with two more now to publish their games as well. Because there's a lot of really creative people in the world and a lot of people do finish an escape room and then make their own. So then I'm just working with them to get it in that publishable format. So, so what I'd love to have is, maybe in a year or two's time, like 20 different games by different designers, with different themes, with different focuses, uh, some gory, some for kids, some for teachers, that kind of stuff, and kind of like a, because like a, like a small version of Etsy, where someone can find a whole bunch of different experiences like that. That that that's the dream. We'll, we'll see how we get there, eh? Awesome. Definitely looking forward to seeing that dream unravel and get fulfilled. Thank you. So, Elliot, it's definitely awesome to have you on the show and talk about this uh, great movement, the escape room movement. And uh, now you've given uh, the opportunity for people to do it themselves in the comfort of their homes. Uh, so, if people want to uh, grab a, a copy of the kit and uh, also explore your site, your site's uh, very uh, good in terms of resources and blog posts and a lot of great tools for people interested in this. So, how can they do that? What's the site? What's the social media, et cetera? lockpaperscissors.com or just Google us, uh, you'll, you'll definitely find it. Uh, and yes, you're right, I've, I've written like oh, 6,000 word articles on how to do this, like every step and flow chart and everything. So if you're like, I'm going to make the best kids party this side of the earth, jump on, follow the guide step by step, you'll find everything you need there, totally free. Um, and I hope you really enjoy it. 
Yeah, de de definitely uh, encourage everyone who's watching to check out the site uh, just for some amazing ideas. Like I said, uh, Elliot has some great YouTube videos and some great articles and blog posts. And obviously, if you're doing a party or just if you're having uh, friends over or having a special occasion, uh, grab a copy of one of those kits. So thanks, Elliot, for joining us on uh, this episode of our Digital Nomad Mastery podcast and videocast. It was great to have you on the show, my friend. Cheers, Vicky. Cheers. It's been fun. It has been fun. And thanks, everyone, who's uh, watching and listening from around the world. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and also on YouTube. We have both the audio version and the uh, video version. And uh, make sure you check out our website as well, digitalnomadmastery.com, uh, where you'll see our virtual summit, where we uh, just held it when we were in Buenos Aires with 30 digital nomads from around the world, really uh, teaching you and equipping you with all the tools to make money while traveling the world. We're also quite active on Facebook, so you can join our group there. And uh, make sure you follow us, too, on our own uh, family journey around the world at daddyblogger.com. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode where we're able to do a much deeper dive into escape rooms around the world. Uh, thanks, everyone, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>